Censorship and the suppression of reading materials are rarely about family values and almost always about control, about who's snapping the whip, who is saying no, and who is saying go. Censorship's bottom line is this. If the novel Christine offends me, I don't want to just make sure it's kept from my kid. I want to make sure it's kept from your kid as well, and all the kids. This bit of intellectual arrogance, undemocratic and as old as time, is best expressed this way. If it's bad for me and my family, it's bad for everyone's family. Yet when books are run out of school classrooms and even out of school libraries as a result of this idea, I'm never much disturbed, not as a citizen, not as a writer, not even as a school teacher, which I used to be. What I tell kids is, don't get mad, get even. Don't spend time waving signs or carrying petitions around the neighborhood. Instead, run, don't walk, to the nearest non-school library or to the local bookstore and get whatever it was that they banned. Read whatever they're trying to keep out of your eyes and your brain because that's exactly what you need to know. Stephen King Welcome to Bookish, a literary podcast. I'm Paul, and this is the time we normally do our weekly Sunday ramble. This week is special, however, as today is the start of Banned Books Week in the United States. So today's episode is less of a ramble, more of a kickoff of what will hopefully be seven straight days of episodes with Banned Books Week at their center. I know the idea of me actually doing an episode a day for an entire week seems unlikely, given my natural writer's procrastination tendencies. But to help meet that goal, I took the week off of work. Is that commitment or what? Plus, I needed the vacation, staycation, whatever. See, I'm rambling, even in an episode that's not a ramble. Anyway, Banned Books Week is an annual celebration of the freedom to read. It happens the last week of September every year, and normally you'll find daily events and special displays at your local libraries, school libraries, and independent bookstores. I say normally because, as I'm sure you've noticed, there's nothing normal about this year. There will still be special displays of banned books and events in the libraries and stores that are open, but an equal or greater number will be held virtually as we continue to struggle through the COVID-19 pandemic. Whether in person, and if in person wear a mask, or online, the focus of the week's activities will be on books that have been banned in the past, as well as books that are being challenged today. As for the past, here's a short list of some of the most challenged books of the past 100 years or so. The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Clockwork Orange by Anthony Burgess. A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. 1984 by George Orwell. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings 
by Maya Angelou. Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. This last one's ironic given the fact that it's about book burning. More recently, while some classics continue to be challenged, the bulk of the banned or challenged books tend to come from children's or young adult titles. Over the past 20 years or so, they've included the following. The Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. The Alice series by Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. And Tango Makes Three by Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell. The Scary Stories series by Alvin Schwartz. The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chbosky. The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. Looking for Alaska by John Green. I Am Jazz by Jazz Jennings and Jessica Herthel. And George by Alex Gino. The shift towards challenges of children's and YA titles isn't really surprising, given that the subject matter, from sexuality to witchcraft to violence, was not really found in children's literature much prior to the 1990s. Before that, it was all Hardy Boys, Babysitter's Club, and Goosebumps though Goosebumps received its fair share of challenges from parents. Now you might be surprised to learn that book banning still happens at all in 2020, but given the cultural and political divide that only seems to be worsening as time goes on, you really shouldn't be. The debate over the age appropriateness of some of these titles is a legitimate subject for discussion and debate, and we'll tackle that issue in its own episode later this week. Sometimes, however, the challenges to certain books border on the ludicrous. And I just realized that in my notes, I spelled the word ludicrous like the rapper rather than the actual word. God help me. For example, in last year's Banned Books episode, I talked about a priest in Nashville who had banned the Harry Potter books in his parish school's library because it contained spells that, if recited by the students, could conjure an evil spirit. The local diocese and the Vatican both supported his decision. Now, I'm not saying that an administrator can't choose what books are carried in his school library. But when a 2,000-year-old institution is threatened by an 11-year-old fictional wizard, we're definitely through the looking glass. Another ridiculous example of book banning involves one of my favorite authors, Ernest Hemingway. Yes, you knew Papa would sneak his way into this episode somehow. His first novel, The Sun Also Rises, was once banned in Nazi Germany because it was too decadent, then banned in the Soviet Union because it was anti-communist, and then in a Florida school district in the 1980s because it was pro-communist. Seriously. The bottom line is that banning books is never a good idea, because attempting to control the flow of ideas is, at best, futile anyway. If you don't like a particular book, don't read it. That's your right. But deciding no one else should be able to read it is the height of arrogance. If you have concerns about what your kids are reading, then actually pay attention to what what books they pick, rather than turning them loose in the library like librarians or tax-funded babysitters. If, after paying attention, you decide there are books you don't want them to read yet, that's your right as a parent. They'll probably read them eventually anyway. 
but you don't get to decide what other people's kids should or should not read. Ultimately, the attempt to ban books typically has the opposite effect of what the challenging group or person intends anyway. Of the books on that second list I read earlier, I would have never heard of most of them had someone not tried to ban them. Challenging books, because of their content, only arouses people's curiosity and desire to read them. Think that's not true? Consider this. The Da Vinci Code is a novel with an engaging plot that keeps you turning pages, written by an average writer who at times struggles to put together a coherent sentence. This describes any number of thrillers released every year. But since it had some questionable claims about Jesus, and this is fiction, remember, both the Vatican, yes, them again, and evangelical leaders condemned the books as satanic. Not unexpectedly, this caused millions of Catholics and evangelicals around the world to publicly agree with their leaders while simultaneously buying the book because they were told not to. The attempted censorship basically bought Dan Brown his own private island. I wish the Vatican would attack my books. If you come across a book whose ideas you disagree with, which happens less today as we tend to live in like-minded echo chambers where we only interact with people and ideas that mirror our own, you have three basic choices. Ignore it, develop a cogent argument against it, or consider whether your currently held belief might be wrong. All of those are acceptable responses and none involve banning the book. Wrapping up, let me say again, we need to support our libraries and indie bookstores during Banned Books Week and beyond. The past six months have been brutal for bookstores, and they need our support now more than ever. So buy some banned books this week, strike a blow for intellectual freedom, support us on our Patreon page, and keep on reading. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Thank you.